What's going on, y'all? Welcome in. What's my name? How do I enter this? <laughs> so, what's really it's been that long, like, huh? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's just been so long. Um, welcome to Living Ardently. I'm Adrian Giraldi. Your oh, host. you're not gonna retape that? <laughs> no, this is just how it's gonna go. That's Jarrell, our co-host. <laughs> it's just been a long week, y'all. I know. It's been I feel crazy. It. Um, but welcome in. <laughs> What's going on? Host. This is Adrian. I'm your host. Adrian Giraldi. That's our co-host, Jarell. <laughs> yeah, it's about to be a little ratchet today, but hang tight. Yeah. It's, you're, you're in for an episode. There's going to be a we lot are, of yawning. We are matching, if you're watching. We're matching <laughs> unintentionally. Yeah, un- un- unintentionally flannel. matching flannels. Yeah. I've got M&M's <laughs> in my pocket. Popping them in. I usually, I usually put my snack pocket right here. <laughs> <laughs> Yours definitely looks more like ready for the cold though. Yeah, it's like a, you know, it's got like a little, it's like a little coat action. So oh, got like it's, it gets cold up like, here. It's just the inside. Yeah. It's still it, good though. We, we got, you got 80, or like high of an 80 degrees and we're like, Ooh! <laughs> I saw cold. that on your, I saw that on your story. Here, I'm going to look up the weather in Cleveland right now. Yeah, what's ours? We're at 60. 60? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, we have, we have, what is it? Right now we have 74, and that's cold for us. <laughs> 24 is so cold. Yeah. It's pretty good. I mean, it's decent. I can walk outside and not sweat at night. Usually it's just, like, humid and thick, and you're walking through a wall. Yeah. So. But yeah, it's been crazy. It's been a crazy week. How's your week been? Like you said, crazy. You're going to be, I'm going to be yawning a lot today, so sorry about that. <laughs> Over <laughs> okay. here, I think, I think, um. We were struggling to get a date, you know, I had to reschedule, and yeah. school is just nuts, like, um, the workload, my department for campus ministry is nuts, and yeah. um, things are changing every day, we're having to respond mm-hmm. to so many different things, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, um, trying to make some things work, um, you know, we got like TLP t-shirts coming up, I think, I think the new t-shirts are coming in soon. Oh, we gotta gosh. ship all the, ship all those out. So, oh, man. yeah, it's a grind. It's nuts. It's a grind. You should just hire like five friends to help you. <laughs> like, I think that's that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do that. Oh yeah. So, yeah, I just I gotta like get Mr. Creative. Beast mode. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But some sleep would be good too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about yeah, you? No, it's yeah, it's been crazy too. I mean, we're doing a lot of wedding crap. We're going to see some venues tomorrow. Um, and with that, I have, like, spiritual direction before that in the morning. And, mm. um, you know, I'm just, and that's my first time since COVID. So it's, like, oh wow, crazy. So a lot to catch up on with uh, my spiritual director, who's awesome. But, you know, like, I had confirmation this weekend with work. I had, uh, we had, we're launching our small group, um, like, initiative, like, this week. So I had to train my, like, se- like, be ready to send my my small group leaders to do that and all the while trying to balance moving into an apartment packing all this stuff that I, it's not like i just started an hour ago <laughs> and i move on monday on, on monday so it's been a, it's been a crazy crazy few weeks and i have been very vocal about that in our stories on social media so um you know it's just it's just been a time it's been a time it doesn't look like you've moved anything 
No, frame. this side, yeah, I kept it so I didn't, like, I kind of still have. But if you see all these bags and stuff, like, ah, there it is. <laughs> I'm, uh, like I'm just blocking it. it. <laughs> I'm hiding it. <laughs> That's just where all my, like, bag clothes I'm going to either sell or thrift. Nice. Um, so, yeah, that's the life. That's the life's been. And, you know, with the living person being, uh, the living person, the living ardently, living ardently being just like a passion project and something I love to do. It's not like I can prioritize it as much as I want to. So it has to take, go in the back burner sometimes. And that does sometimes take a little hit on the, the listenership, yeah. but you know, it's okay. It's like <clears throat> consistent viewers. I, we, we are in talks with a potential sponsor so fingers crossed that works out that's awesome. we'll see what we can work out together i know i don't have the the, the numbers that some other crazy catholic podcasts do um but we have a that's good awesome. following yeah. we have a consistent following of listeners so fingers crossed first we'll yeah it's not the biggest thing I mean, if it doesn't but it'll be cool you know? i love that i love that so we got a lot of great questions, and we'll get right into them. But yeah, let's get into it. Hey, that's that's what we're missing. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're missing. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so we have. Uh, so usually we, like we said, we every month we have question, a Q and A episode with Jarrell. He comes on. I mean, he's known for. Uh, for a while, doing Q and A's on his stories, um, you know, we just we just I asked him to come on one day, and it's become a thing. And now he's a co-host, and it's a great time. And these are some of the most viewed episodes and listened to episodes. So you guys cool. apparently love them. Uh, we love them. I love doing them, and it's created some such a great bond between Jarrell and I. So that's really cool. Yeah, we were watching the Lakers game before we got on. <laughs> <laughs> The last minutes of the Laker game. Oh, uh, so Lakers good. Lakers are 3-1. Th- yeah, keep sending your questions in because it's fun. And thanks for having me every single yeah, month. Yeah. Man. That's great. So. And people really liked that uh, episode we did with Haida. So yeah, that was we'll fun. have to like do some other kind of stuff like that um, in the future. We'll figure out. I'll be down. When, when I moved and everything's kind of settled a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I'll tell you what, it was a great episode, but it was a heck of a lot to edit. <laughs> that was a long one. Three, three audio tracks, two hours. Um, that was a long so one. It was just a, it was just a lot, but it was fun. I loved <clears> it. <throat> I loved every second of it. So we have some pretty good questions. Uh, usually we start off with the simple, easier ones, and we progressively get more and more serious. Um, the past, the last one we had was just like. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, that was nuts. That was um, but this week's a little bit more gradual with the progression of questions. But at the same time, it's still pretty it's still pretty fast. So alright, so the first couple has to do with food. Peanut butter jelly sandwiches? Question mark. <laughs> it's always about food. I mean, yeah, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah. 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 But peanut Why butter not? and jelly peanut butter and jelly and milk is where it's at oh. for me. And yeah. milk, warm milk, just cold no, milk. No, just just regular just milk. milk. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I never had it with milk. I yeah, I like peanut butter peanut butter sandwiches with milk for sure. With jelly, no. So no. oh, I, I like it because like I, like I, I wouldn't like even today. Like there's days where like I would, if I don't have like something to have in the morning, I'm making myself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like that's just a go-to. Yeah, staple. Now, pumpkin spice lattes. 
Uh, <laughs> yay or nay? <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of the some of these food questions, like I'm typically so passionate about food, like I'm like knocking yeah. it really hard or loving on it really hard. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm like it's not offensive. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it doesn't offend me. The pumpkin spice yeah. latte. I'll order one just because it's yeah. time, and that's about yeah. it. You know, it's like a fun time. So right. I actually, I, I really didn't care about them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But like, it's not like it's bad. Yeah, right. Yeah, the but like, my wife I, loves them. Yeah, my wife, lo- my wife loves them. Like, loves them, loves them. And it's her okay. birthday on Monday, so I'll probably go out um, early in the morning when they're still sleeping and get her one, so that oh, it's like there uh, in the morning. So. Yeah, nice. we'll see if I wake up. <laughs> <Early> <laughs> yeah, Sarah, uh, Sarah and I went out to uh, to get some drinks, and I got a pumpkin cold pumpkin. It was like a cold brew. I love cold brew. Cold brew is like if I get coffee, it's cold brew. I yeah. don't drink coffee if it's like hot, unless I really need it. Um, I don't drink coffee often, anyway. But if I do drink it, it's usually a cold brew. And I tried a pumpkin sweet cream and. It was really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it tasted. I mean, I love pumpkin pie, so you know, whatever. But, but I mean, like I don't know, any sweet cream would be. It's gonna taste good. Right? Really good, you know, right. like an Irish Kishu. sweet cream. <laughs> like, oh yeah, really, mm. like really good. Oh, but yeah, pumpkin, pumpkin stuff is good. I think. I had something recently that was so dang good. What was it? Ugh. I don't know. It had some. It had alcohol in it. It was a dessert. Oh, you know what I like? I, I like maple. Maple's really good, like maple oh, yeah. flavored stuff. But mm-hmm. I think I think um, pumpkin flavored thing stuff is like linked with my real favorite thing, which is fall, like flannels, cold mm-hmm. weather, like not so hot weather. Um, mm-hmm. In Cleveland, we've got the leaves going on, so. I want to see if I can pull up a picture of my my backyard turning. Yeah, really dude, your quick. backyard is beautiful. By the yeah, way, yeah, dude, we love it. We love it. So the the you, trees are turning. Uh, see that red tree right there? Oh, nice. Yeah. Wow. Do you have so, neighbors across those trees? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So good stuff. I love fall. Me too. I wish I could experience it. (laughs) (laughs) Fall is also my time when my birthday is, so it's just like, ah, it's fall. (laughs) Yeah, but fall is so short, bro. It's like, I don't know, it's, I feel like, I feel like the leaves will be like beautiful, beautiful for like two weeks and then a storm will come by and then just knock them all down and then all the trees are bare for like four months and it's winter. Dang. I wish I knew. Yeah. Maybe, what's, maybe a maybe what's a season? What's a season? All I know is basketball season. That's so funny. I always wondered. I always want like now that I now that I know it. I've always wondered what what it was would be like without seasons. Like it sucks yeah. in the moment, but like like Cleveland, I, th- I think um, because they have seasons, mm-hmm. like we're depressed together and we're happy together. <laughs> you know, like and when during the summer when the sun's out, like everyone's yeah. just in a good mood, you know? Super happy. It's like yeah. here when it's summer, it's we're at the worst. But when it's winter, it's the best. Everyone's in the Why? best mood. Why? Yeah. Because people are like, it's not, they're not sweating or ag- I agitated. I see. So they're like more like upbeat and like, okay, this is great. <laughs> That's you really know? funny. 
It's so, yeah, like in the summer, everyone's just like super short tempered and irrita- irritable. It seems like, especially on the roads. Oh, um, that's winter for, in Cleveland. Yeah, that's like so another funny. day. It's like oh, another day of snow. Uh, you know, yeah, it makes sense. That makes sense. Though. Yeah. Okay. First childhood memory is the next question. Hmm. You got one. I uh, I think my first childhood memory was actually in the Philippines. Interesting. Um, it was I, like if I the first thing I can ever remember, um, I was three years old in the Philippines, and I was at a, I was at my grandma's house I think my uncle's house, um, and we, like you know like the street vendors in the Philippines, yeah they go down with the ho the ho yeah yeah like, <laughs> so I was like I want I remember telling my mom I want one. And my, um, I, like I got, she got it, she gave it to me, and I tried it, and I was like, Bleh. <laughs> I didn't like it. And she was like, you're making me spend this money, I can't even do that. You know? like she was getting mad at me for making me. And I remember re- recalling that memory, and she was like, you remember that? Like, Whoa. you were so young then, you are three years old then. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, I think that's my first memory ever. Man. I can recall. I can't. It's hard for me to remember. Um, the earliest that I can think of right now is um, kindergarten. I remember. Um, I remember that as a kindergartner. Oh, here's here's a couple. They all have to do with food. Man, we just always talk about food. <laughs> that in kindergarten they asked me um, what my favorite food was, and they mm-hmm. like had us say it out loud. You know. Mm-hmm. So when it came up to my my turn, I said chocolate meat and then it was that filipino dish didn't go on yeah you know yeah. it's like that like like yeah. really brown <laughs> stewed yeah. uh, blood man. and vinegar uh um <laughs> dish and they're like chocolate what chocolate Chocolate-y. meat <laughs> <laughs> so everybody was like what is that i'm like we eat it all the time blah blah and then there was another moment where my mom, I don't know if this is a Filipino thing, but my mom made mm. them all the time. She made these mm. like egg and ham and mayonnaise sandwiches for me at, for lunch. Like, so it was just like, like, like a egg, like cooked egg, like yeah, like scrambled egg. Oh, scrambled egg. Interesting. No, yeah. I never had that. So I think she just made it up, but like, yeah, it was the weirdest thing to like. My friends are like, what do you have for lunch? <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, I got an egg. You're and, having brunch right now? Like, <laughs> have, what's egg going on? Ham and egg and mayonnaise sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but then I, I, I do have this like cinematic, oh, I have this memory. It's like a very cinematic memory because it was a beautiful day with my kindergarten friends. My one uh-huh. friend has a peanut a PB&J sandwich. The other one has a turkey sandwich. We're all uh-huh. sitting on the stoop. Like, it's the golden hour. The sun's shining in our eyes. We're all taking a yeah. bite of our sandwich. I'm like, mm, egg and ham and mayonnaise. Life is good. So, That's funny. That is yeah. funny. Food, oh, I can't man. believe how much we talk about food. I love it. Hello. You guys want to just make a let us know if you want us to start a uh, food podcast <laughs> or Always a food YouTube food. channel. I know that'd be great. I should start one. Yeah, that's really good. You should. That'd be great. That could be the new thing. Yeah, go viral like Uncle Roger. Have you watched any of Uncle Roger's videos? I've seen a few of those. 
Uncle Roger got recognized by Gordon Ramsay. We <laughs> don't know this guy. He's just like a, a like a millennial, like Chinese, like American guy <laughs> who like puts on a fake Chinese accent and calls himself Uncle Roger. <laughs> <laughs> and he like rates. He like reviews uh, how like you know BB like you know these videos of people making rice, and like it just went viral. He was like. He strained the rice in the colander. <laughs> I'm like, what? What the heck? <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, one more food story. My um, go for it. My dad, my dad was teaching my you know um, my American friend how to cook rice. Uh-huh. So you know we got the rice cooker and all that stuff. My dad puts like yeah. five scoops of rice in for the family. Yeah. He's like, you put the put the water in and then. You mix it and then you measure it and then you set it or whatever. And then my my friend's like, yeah, but how do you know like how much water you put in? And he's like, well, you do the finger thing and then you just stir it. And he's like, he's like, and you just stir it with your hands. You get your hands in there and you just know. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like you just know there's a flow you just know <laughs> you just know that sounds like such a Filipino dad thing yeah. to say you just know <laughs> I was like wow that's deep <laughs> that is deep that's so funny wow <laughs> my dad would always be like okay just stand here okay and, like, he, and watch and watch what Watch me cook so you know how to cook. <laughs> so like, <laughs> that was his method of teaching me how to cook, was just to have me stand there watch and watch. <laughs> watch me cook. And then obviously I'd be tired of standing, so I'd leave, and then he'd yell at me. <laughs> no way. Yeah, it's funny, yeah. So like, then how would, old? I don't know, I mean, I was probably like in middle school. Like, That's so funny. Definitely was old enough to learn how to cook. But I feel like, like I feel like my dad did that to me too. But now or now I'm actually like asking him to cook yeah. so that I can stand there and watch him cook. You know? Yeah, I've become I've learned that I'm such a monkey see monkey do person. If you show yeah. me how to do something, I'm gonna yeah. do it. Like I'll like, know how to do it. Like I don't want to see the rest like a Filipino recipe. Like just right. show me, show me like yeah. what you do. That's what I want to know. Yeah. Exactly. Show me how you like. You don't use your measure. You just eyeball it. Show me how much you eyeball it. Yeah, exactly. Like, show me what to taste for. You know, like. Yeah. What should you it know, taste like? You know what I also realized is like as I'm cooking these dishes, it's mm-hmm. like all taste. You know, so mm-hmm. I'll mm-hmm. just like taste the adobo. I'm like, mm, it needs more vinegar to taste like my mom's. You know, mm-hmm. it's like all taste. And I need so. to be able to. I, that's what I need to learn is being able to like taste it and feel like okay, what is it missing? Yeah. Identifying that, you know, that's the trick. Um, and that's why I want to get there anyway. Totally. <laughs> what a great tangent! I love this. <laughs> so, if you, uh, the next question is a good one. Favorite thing about your wife or wife to be? As most of you know, Jarell is married. Mm-hmm. How long? How long now? Um, seven years. Seven years, and I am getting married in April. I mean, I feel like I'm getting annoying just saying that all the time, but it just ends up always showing up in the podcast. It's coming. It'll be here before it's you know coming. it. Wow. April 23rd, and it will be. Um, pray for us that day. Uh, favorite thing? Um, mm-hmm. You go for it. You want to go first? I can go first. <coughs> Um, favorite thing, favorite, like, one thing? That's tough, man. I know, that's tough, right? <laughs> there's, like, there's a several things I could just list off, but... 
Um, I, I mean, she's my wife's my best friend, so that's my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I get to hang out with my best friend, and that doesn't mean like the, like the relationships like without issues, you know. Yeah. But um, for sure, she's my favorite person to hang out with. So yeah. that's my favorite thing. I love the color of her eyes. I love her smile. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's funny. And um, <laughs> I think that she's outgoing. She's caring. So, yeah, there's a bunch There's a bunch of things. There's a bunch of things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How about you? Yeah, you feel like there's so many, yeah. But if I had to, like, choose one that definitely, like, lo- like makes me, like, just, like, feel so loved by Sarah. Um... Is that that she is so, like, mm, like, she's not, she's very, like, flexible and, like, supportive. You know, she knows that, okay, mm-hmm. like, last night I kind of sh- share with you, like, um, if I told, hey, I'm recording with Jarrell tonight, like, and she's like, okay, like, I'll just talk to you tomorrow and da-da-da-da, um, no hard feelings or whatever, um, and I'll just let, you know, we'll just talk in the morning, you know, there's, there's different, and my past, I guess because in some of my past relationships or past hurts, it, it, that wasn't part of that relationship, you know, mm-hmm. and so that this being such a big part and it not being a big deal just makes me feel so loved, you know, like, I don't yeah. have to, like, like, I, I don't have to always, like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm like, yeah, I am here for her always, but, like, she knows that when I need my space, I mean, I need to be better at communicating. Like, hey, I need space, or you know, need my time mm-hmm. at times, you know. Um, but no, she's very supportive of me and very flexible, and I, I love that because I'm such a like, let's see how it goes, and like, if I have time to do it, I guess I'll do it. If I mm-hmm. don't, then uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's very. You that's know? me too. Yeah. So yeah, she's very supportive in that, and. And loves me through that, and so that makes me feel very loved. So I guess that's my favorite thing about Sarah. That's awesome. All right, so we get a little bit more serious now. I put my headphones in because, um, yeah, it's just because it needed to happen. <laughs> All right, so the next question gets a little bit harder, um, and the question is, why is sex before marriage bad? And uh, I mean, there's a simple like simple answers, I guess, in the in TOB and. You can go into, um, like, what is, yeah, you have to go, you have to, like, dig root. Like, my my theology mentality is, like, to go to the purpose of the thing. Is it fulfilling its purpose? Is it correctly being used, you know? Um, And so, in Theology of the Body, I can't, like, quote it verbatim, but basically it's going to ask you what's the purpose for for sex, right, is to unify a man and a woman, um, to create life, to be unitive and procreative, basically, are the two words, unitive and procreative, meaning unitive, it unites the uh, two people, and then procreative, that it, it it's life-bearing, like it creates life, which is, you know, the baby, the womb, and the womb. Um, and so that is only proper... Um, between the pure love of a man and a woman in the unity of marriage. And so, while sex is not bad, like I thought when I was little, um, it's only bad when it's mistreated. Um, 
and I know that's like not even I, that might not even be like that's just like simple layman's like not even layman's like theolo- theologically that's kind of how you do it but how would you take a crack at this to kind of make it more sense yeah I mean I would echo everything that you said um, I wrote down two things I wrote down sex is sacred and sex mm-hmm. makes promises mm-hmm. um, and yeah um, why is sex bad um, before marriage um, and like the simple answer for me is that that sex could lead to the production of a human being like a little baby girl or a little baby boy like are mm-hmm. you ready for that promise right. and if you're not ready for that promise and it still happens what then you know mm-hmm. um, sex is supposed to be sacred and it's right. supposed to be with with the one person that you love and will continue to love for the rest of your life. And mm-hmm. I don't know, like even, even in like, you know, non-Catholic terms, like a secular understanding of sex is like, Oh, I can't say all of me loves all <laughs> of you. I was trying to pull a John legend, but it was too high. <laughs> like all of it, bro. All of it. Like whoever whoever is asking the question, all of it, right. totally yours, right? right. Um, and yeah, it's like even a secular understanding of sex is the whole person given right. to the whole person, and um, you can't give it all to someone and then again wholly to another person. Right. You know, like that's just. I mean, a person can physically do that, mm-hmm. but then it's just in pieces, you know? Right. Wouldn't you want to provide your whole self mm-hmm. once and for all to your spouse, right. you know? And wouldn't you want that act of sex to be sacred? And wouldn't you want a chance for it to be, you know, to keep your promise? Um, and for that promise to be linked to your future, like people always talk about writing, writing letters to their future spouses. How about writing letters to your future daughter mm-hmm. or writing letters to your future son? You know, yeah. like it's all linked. It's all together. Um, so there's lots of beautiful reasons for why, why to wait, I think. Right. And as speaking from someone who, who is not entering into a marriage, um, as a virgin, um, I lost my virginity in high school um, with my my girlfriend at the time. It was something that I thought that I was doing correctly, you know. And I thought that this was a way to show her my love. Um, and in a sense, yes, it's right. But because I couldn't commit to, like you said, that promise... Um, it was missing, right? I couldn't give her totally because I was still a student, because I was still a son. I was still, and and that doesn't I mean that doesn't mean like when you get married that like you have to not be a student or can't be a son anymore, right? But the, the fact of the matter is, I couldn't provide for a, a life, a life. And I remember, uh, I remember we had a scare, and I broke down. I was like. We have to have an abortion. 
And I was like, but I can't have an abortion. We can't do that. And it's not because of my theological, like I wasn't practicing Catholic. I wasn't a practicing Catholic at the time. I was just Catholic for being because Catholic's sake. But I knew inherently that that wasn't something that I wanted to do, even though like it was a first like, oh, like this has to happen because we can't. We're students, you know. Uh, I mean, like as, as humbling as it is, I had to like. I had to know that what I was do I had to admit that what I was doing for whatever reason was wrong. <laughs> right? And I shouldn't be being scared to love a person. And if I'm scared to love a person this way, then I must be doing something wrong. Um and so that following summer is when I went to my student retreat and that's when I went to the men's talk and was called out on all of that. <laughs> And so that's where I learned, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't say that, I mean, after that moment, like, we, I know we had the talk afterwards and we wanted to be better. She came with me on the retreat. Um, she converted and everything. But <clears throat> the facts still remain. I still, like, we still struggled, you know, and it's hard. Um, but if you are struggling through it or if you are, or, like, working through that, um, with a significant other you believe you're going to marry, um, I, I dare you to be the one to say, I want to love you the best way I can without doing any sexual activity because I believe that we're more than that. And that's going to take a lot to say, but hopefully it is the right... It will put you towards the right direction if this is something you struggle with you know because it takes a I mean it took a lot of guts for me to even like face my ex-girlfriend after that talk you know and I was like she was actually hiding too it was like a moment where like Adam and Eve realized their uh nakedness you know because uh, we were both hiding and I just kind of like after reflecting on it a few years ago I was like wow like, who told you you were naked? I was like, Christophanic. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So it was great and it was awesome. And it was, I mean, as much as we still struggled, we still like had a forward motion towards our relationship. And hopefully you can have a similar <clears throat> conversation and be better, you know. And But you should be willing and, and and ready to make changes so that if you truly love the person like you should be willing and ready to make the necessary changes so that you can love them fully right yeah i love how you said um uh, um <clears throat> you like dared you said you dared the listener to to uh believe that they're more than those acts you know mm-hmm. that's true i mean like i mean i've been married for seven years and i I would be willing to put big money on, like, go find a married couple that you admire and ask them their top 10 favorite memories of being married. I just don't believe that sex will be part of that top 10. <laughs> you know, like, mm. that's just not how it works. You know, like, so true. like ask, ask people what their, like, most life-giving, most memorable moments mm. of, like, true happiness 
and it won't yeah. ever include sex <laughs> you know like right. like one night of sex it'll be so like true. man my the one time that my baby girl looked at me after like she spilled the cheerios um <laughs> this one time and this one vacation or like yeah. the most random simple things um become like mm-hmm. like the highest points of life in in you know the human condition you know sex is such a limited like like part of your relationship like it it goes so much more beyond that you know like it like yes sex is sex is sacred but there's like like it's the starting point of so many other beautiful moments of life you know Mm. so so true yeah yeah and it's something that is crazy to think about uh, because, you know, your entire, like, time you're dating, it's like some some people always just, I mean, I remember talking to some friends or whatever, like, even when you're engaged sometimes, you think about, oh, the night of, you know, like your wedding night, the night of your wedding night, like, what is it going to be like? Because we, like, live, because it's because it's our culture we we have been so hyperly sexualized and we think so much about sex that it's just such a sacred thing in our lives and if you don't have it or you've never experienced it then you're missing out and and yes while it's great it's not the pinnacle of humanity you know it's at the end of the day is not what we were made for you know mm-hmm. right right um, and it's great it's an awesome thing and I haven't I mean I haven't experienced it in marriage and I'm sure it's going to be an amazing experience but I can guarantee like Jarrell said that it's not going to be the only amazing moment in my relationship with my future wife Um, but it's so crazy to see like sometimes I go on social media and you know the algorithm spits you random things sometimes to see if you're interested in it and uh, you just see how hypersexualized some of this stuff is, you know. Um, even in TikTok and all these, these things, it's just man, it's crazy. It's crazy. It is so. crazy. It is crazy. I will say that the I mean, culture is such a big thing. I mean, <clears throat> like even in in college, like the drinking culture is so strong. You know, like. Yeah. The drinking culture, hookup culture is so strong, but as soon as you remove yourself from that culture, as soon as you graduate and people aren't drinking on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, like, I can, like, barely bring myself to drink a beer and, you know, like... Right. I'm just, like, I was like, beer, ice cream. Ah, ice cream. cream. (laughs) (laughs) Like, literally, there's been times that I've been out with my friends in the bar, and I leave the bar to go get a milkshake, and I come back, and they're drinking their drinks, and I'm drinking my milkshake. And I'm 25 years old. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what I'm saying. Like, um, if you can somehow find the strength um, and the, the awareness to know the culture that you're in, and how the culture is influencing you mm. in ways that you do not want to be influenced, you can start the process of um, going down the path that you want to go down, you know, because that's what it is. It's just all these influencers. Um, yeah. Like, um, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, there's, there's like, the, the culture's sexual and, like, over, like, people are drinking all the time and partying all the time, mm-hmm. but, like, like, yeah, like, what, what type of life do you want to live long term, you know? Right. So. So true. So true. Well, we got a good question to follow that up um, in a second. So let's take a break here. We'll get back to that one. If you ever wanted to start a podcast, today is the day. Go to anchor.fm to get started. It's a, They have a free app on the App Store and it has all the creation tools you need that allows you to record, edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. This app and your cell phone is literally the only thing you need to start a podcast. Use a microphone on your phone, record a voice memo, upload it to Anchor, and that's it. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Uh, you can make money on for your podcast with no minimum listenership. And like I said, everything you need to make a podcast is in one place on the Anchor app. So go to anchor.fm to get started or download the free Anchor app in your app store. Again, anchor.fm to get started or download the free Anchor app in your store. And we hope that you join the podcast world. Let's go. So we are back with Jarrell from The Living Person. We're asking some really good questions. Um, the last one was really good. Uh, why is sex before marriage bad? And now the next question kind of relates to it. How can I love my significant other without falling into temptation, sexual, sexual temptation? And uh, that is like... <laughs> uh, it relates completely <laughs> to that and then it's a hard question too you know like um yeah without falling into it, i mean obviously like don't but that's easier said than done and i know that um from experience right uh you fall into that so easily without even noticing sometimes still like it's still something that we have all experienced at some point in our lives um <laughs> How do you answer this question? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm like under the same boat, I guess. I remember one of my Q&As, someone would, I think legit asked the question, how do I stop sinning so much? That was the question. <laughs> how, do I stop, it's like, how do I stop sinning so much? Yeah, yeah. And then I, the answer was, you stop. Um, <laughs> because I asked my wife, she's in the medical field, and um, mm-hmm. I said, like medically what's the answer like if like if an addict wants to stop the thing that they're addicted to mm-hmm. medically what's like the cure mm-hmm. and she said to stop to stop <laughs> doing that <laughs> that's so funny. so that's legit yeah Medic- medically the answer yeah um but then <laughs> you take a look at like you know like legit programs like AA mm-hmm. where, you know, like you go through the, the 12 step process of, of like, of like healing and recovery. And mm-hmm. there's a lot more to it than just stopping, you know, mm-hmm. like the first step is to admit that you have a problem and like, like what resonated about or what resonated to me about what you said was there are so many moments where I just don't even notice, like mm-hmm. that's an issue. You know, not right. for you, but for all of us, you know, right. in all of our sin and all of our temptation, like for real, there are so many moments where like none of us even notice. Right. And that's the problem. Right. Because 
all of us should be noticing mm-hmm. and all of us should be striving to be intentional about our daily actions and the consequences of those daily actions, you know? Mm-hmm. Like for me, it's all like um, I'm like deep into my my passion and commitment into Ignatian spirituality. Mm-hmm. And one of the hallmarks, one of like the signature moves of Ignatian spirituality is to notice and to pay attention. Right. It is as simple as that. The starting point is as simple as that. Like if you want to start to love your your spouse or your significant other without sexual temptation, you need to start paying attention to when those temptations come up. Right. Like when do they come up? And why do they come up? Mm-hmm. Like do they do they come up because you invite you do you invite it in, unnoticing it and like unnoticeably? Or does it just show up somehow randomly? And if it shows up somehow randomly, I know this sounds stupid and borderline like too much of a plan, but like what is your action plan to, mm-hmm. you know, fight no, the urge? Yeah. To fight the urge. <clears throat> one, of, one of my professors, I think, I think I've used this before, but one of my professors in college said there's only one way to get rid of a temptation, and that's mm-hmm. to give in. Like you give in and it's over, you know, right, right, right. but like you can't, you can't just give in all the time. Like that's like the temptation will be mm-hmm. gone, but you will have, you'll have the committed the thing that you right. didn't want to do. Right. So there is this, this tension that like will always exist and will always try to creep in to your mm-hmm. life. No matter how old you are, no matter, no matter how hard you fight, no matter how mm-hmm. many action plans you create. No matter how much you pay attention, the temptation will always try to have that one up, three up, ten mm-hmm. up on you. Mm-hmm. It'll never go away. And the, our, our only chance is to hack it, to fight it, mm-hmm. to figure out how to to overcome it day by day. Because mm-hmm. it's always changing and always evolving. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, what did you think? I think that, you know, I, I, like I recall a video from Father Mike Schmitz. Actually, and I'll, I'll, if I find it, I'll, I'll link it in the bio here. But one of the things he had mentioned, like, you know, um, he said that, okay, so you kind of referred to what you were saying, you know, what's leading me to this? What happens when I fall into this? Is it, he, had, he gave it the examples, like, when you get in the car and you take that left turn to pull over, like, um, is that really the thing that you need to do? Or like... Is that what leads, what happens next? You know, like, you have to know, like, what happens next. Um, and if you're not able to recognize the pattern, because usually the times like this, like, you know, from what I know and what I've learned, um, it's it's a pattern. Like, similar things will happen, and then it will lead to the fall, right? The, the breaking of the temptation. Um, whether how, how big or little, like, who knows? Like, I'm not here to know that or uh, figure that out for you, but... Like, you have to notice the, the, the pattern in what's going on. And once you figure out the pattern, like Jarrell said, like, cut it, nip it in the butt. Stop going that route. Stop taking, like, in the Father Mike Schmitz, like, Father Mike Schmitz uses that video, re- like, the, vi- the reference of the car. Like, get in the car with your significant other, and instead of pulling over, go straight to your destination and get out of the car. 
don't st- spend time in the car if that's what's leading you. You know, like he says, get out, go out, be in public. You know, if that's something you need to do. Um, but also, like, a lot of the times people try to to mask their temptation by buying other, like, you know, by purchasing or buying or something, you know, like coping with another way. Yeah. And then that can also lead you to, like, buying superfluous things that you don't need. So, like, also be mindful of that. Um, replacing it. <laughs> replacing it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. How do you how do you how do you love them? I mean, like you find different ways to love them. Right. Uh, I think a, one another thing is to learn their love languages. I think we might have talked about something like this similarly before. Find out what your significant other's love language is. And if it's like physical touch or quality time, maybe like like that'll be something that you'll have to work around and find a different way to love them. Right. There's um, acts of service. Um, um, what is the other one? Um, words of affirmation. affirmation. Yeah. Words of affirmation and gift giving. Right. Like I said, like you can do that. Um, but you can do these kind of things to kind of show them like, hey, like I created this for you. I made something for you. Um, and just because I want to lo- let you know that I love you and that's it. Um, there's so <clears throat> many different ways. Um to love um, your significant other, albeit your your girlfriend, wife, or boyfriend, or husband, like, there's so many different ways, like, where, no matter where you are in your relationship, fiancé, um, however, um, Jarrell can probably list off a bunch of different ways um, how he loves his wife without having to, you know, try to create life, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so, like, just, like, tomorrow, the plan is... Um, Hopefully we can finish in like fifteen minutes or twenty minutes or something like yeah. that because I gotta get up early. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna get get up early to watch the kids for an extra like hour and a half because I know that Bridge, my wife, likes to have that like extra sleep after a long stretch of work, you yeah. know. And then after right. that, I'll t- like during that hour and a half, I'll put the kids in the car, go to Starbucks, get that pumpkin spice, spice latte. Because mm-hmm. she likes gifts, you know, like, mm-hmm. but those are all the things that, like, you pay attention to in the context of the relationship, you know, like, mm-hmm. there are ways that I can pay attention to Adrian in our relationship mm-hmm. and, like, show appreciation and care. Mm-hmm. And you do it just because, you know, you care for the person, you pay mm-hmm. attention, you know. So, right. yeah, I feel like there's so much. There's so many ways, and hopefully that, you know, if there's, a, if there's an addiction there, like, Jarrell said, try to get there of admitting it and then like facing it on. And like I said to the other question, like be bold enough to say like, hey, like I don't, I want to love you better. And so like, I'm going to stop this because I feel like there's, we're more than this, again, this sexual acts, you know, whatever, however you're falling into temptation. Like I'm not sure the extent, obviously. Um, But if you're feeling that if you have this guts to ask the question, I'm sure you have the guts to say the, you know, to say that exact thing that I was saying earlier. So, be bold, be bold. Amen. Uh, the next question is actually also a relationship type question, and I will play it right here. I recently started talking with this guy that's really sweet, and I really like him, but he's not Catholic, so I was wondering if that's okay. And if it is, what if he doesn't want to raise his kids Catholic? Or what if he's just, like, not a prayerful person? How do I go about that? 
So yeah, that that is a question that I feel like I've gotten through some of my teens who are not who are like dating right now and like, oh, he's not Catholic, but like he respects my thing, you know. Like, is that okay? And I was like, and the question is, right? Why are you dating? Right? You have to go back to that. Um, I'm not assuming that this person's a teenager or anything like that. I'm assuming if you're thinking about husband and kids and things like that, you're a bit older. So I think the reason. You have to still go back to it though, and say like, why are you why are you in a relationship? Why do you want to get married? Um, and how do you? What kind of future would you like for your kids? Is your faith as important to you as um, it seems? And 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 can this person love you regardless? Right? I don't think personally it's the at first um, the biggest deal, but I always refrain. I always tell my teens. Don't flirt to convert. Like, you know, like, don't go into a relationship hoping to change their heart. If you know they're not Catholic and you're willing to live a life raising your kids Catholic only, uh, under a single Catholic family household, you have to know, understand the, the, the effectiveness of that, one, and live with that, right? Because it's not going to be as effective if both of you were, were uh, practicing and strong Catholics. Meaning, like, they, your kids may not stay Catholic when they get older, you know. Um, especially the father. If your father is not, the father is not um, a practicing Catholic, the chances are the kids won't either. Um, the stats on that is crazy, and I wish I could share that with you. But I know that, like, if the both parents are raising the kids Catholic, it's almost the same as if a dad was a single parent raising the kids Catholic. Mm-hmm. The, the effectiveness is so high. Now, if a, mom, a single mom was raising her kids just Catholic, uh, on her own Catholic, they won't stay into the ch- in the church as much. Um, mm. It's like a lower percentage, a much lower percentage, like a this like a, a starch uh, disparity, um, if that's the right word. But so yeah, you you have to know, and uh, so if it's it's okay, right? Um, I but you know you we technically have to be Catholic or okay to be Catholic, to be married within the Catholic Church. Um, and so that might be hard if he's not willing to. And if he is willing to, he has to be doing it for the right reason, not just because of you. Um, <clears throat> so it's hard, you know, like it's going to be a difficult uh, life, but I believe that if you are convicted in your belief in Christ and you share that with your significant other, just like if you listen to a beautiful song and you want to share it with somebody and you talk about how great the song is, they eventually becomes their favorite song too, right? So if you just are convicted by your love of Jesus Christ and share it with that significant other, I'm sure they would they will come if they love you. They'll love what you love and um They'll learn to love that too, and maybe even convert as a result. Um, <clears throat> is it allowed? Yes. Do I recommend it? Not off. Not oftenly. What do you say? Yeah, I, I echo everything you said. Um, pretty much like usual. Um, I think that the tool that I would recommend, especially if this is like an older person, like if it's mm-hmm. a teen. Um, all sorts of different questions, you know, like, right, like, right. You, like you said, like, why are you dating this guy? Like, right. do you really like this guy? Like, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Um, lots of like youth ministry questions, you know, but right. like, <laughs> if it's like, if it's like, I don't know if, if you're, if you're in your mid twenties thinking about marriage, if you're in your thirties, forties, like 
that, that's those are some big questions, you know. Right. Like, and it gets tough. I feel like it gets harder um, to find someone as you get older, right? And mm-hmm. then there are all sorts of pressures. Some of them like are more legit than others mm-hmm. to find someone. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's tough, and I think I think discernment needs to be a part of of your decision making like God you have to intentionally invite God into that intentionally invite a spiritual director into that intentionally mm-hmm. invite your faith mm-hmm. role models and family and friends mm-hmm. into that right. and to pay attention to whether or not this person would support your journey into holiness mm-hmm. your journey into your personal journey into the depths of of God's love for you you know, um, actually, Erica Erica Campbell's doing a um, a series on this like very topic right now. Oh yeah. Um, so I tuned into one of the IG lives just mm-hmm. for a little bit, and they're talking about some really good stuff. I think Erica said, um, um, you know, the, is- the one of the issues for her was that um, she said her spiritual director said exactly what I was just saying like like what if a person has a problem that you're going to mass like that's a big issue you know yeah, yeah. but a, a person needs to be able to find the freedom to develop their faith to the fullest mm-hmm. you know and if your partner is like authentically wishing that for you and if you authentically feel the freedom to dive deeper and deeper and deeper in love with Jesus, then maybe, you know, mm-hmm. like that's up to you and your spiritual right. director and God and, and like your conversations with, with Jesus, Jesus himself, you know? So, um, you know, we, we, sh- we surely are not going to decide that for you. Right. You know, right. Uh, there's so many things that Adrian said that you might want to consider moving right. forward into that relationship Right. Um, but yeah, a healthy relationship with, if you're Catholic and your spouse, potential spouse is not Catholic, look, still looks like freedom in Jesus Christ, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm. so yeah. And if you get the sense that you're being restrained in a way, um, that's something to look at right. and that's something to, um, bring into your discernment so and that's tricky like you know like marriage is like very freeing but there are some Mm -hmm. times where you feel like man like i'm not allowed to go do this tonight (laughs) blah 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 blah. so but there's a there's a difference in that you know so it's very touchy but lots of things to consider and yeah. we're just two people out of the hundred people that you should probably be chatting with before you make such a large decision, such as marriage. You know, right, right. Yeah. And even if you're, even if you're a teenager, like I'm not, like even with my teens, like I don't hide, like I don't soften the questions like this. Like this is like something for you teens if you're listening and you're on, like a teenager. Like this is something you should consider too, mm-hmm. while dating now. Because if you're dating now. Like, like, you should have these questions in mind because this is why you're dating, right? To date is to get 
to find your significant other, not just to find you, but like to, to lead this person to heaven and that they do the same for you, you know? Um, uh, and if you, and if this person can't do that, then it's not the person, <laughs> you know, simply. And so, um, yeah, consider these questions as well if you're a teenager. Um, but whatever age you're at, I think this is a good, good questions to ask. And, you know, like a lot of, uh, I know there's some people who would love to hear the whole, like, the Avery and Meg story, you know? Like, mm. like that's an amazing story where, like, a man who was not Catholic uh, fell in love with a girl who was, was so passionate about it, they would have fights about it, and then he became, like, they got married, they fell in love, got married, and he still wasn't Catholic until later, after their marriage. Um which I think I believe, I believe if I remember correctly, he already had the intent to doing so. Mm-hmm. Um, but just logistics was hard because of military life. But, you know, like, that's not always going to happen. And Amen to that, yeah. That's, and you can't live life. on somebody else's dream, you know. <clears throat> yeah, that's real. So. That's real. One thing that Erica was talking about was that um, she said she's getting a lot of DMs about from women who are saying like I think I'm going to marry this guy I'm I'm a little bit hesitant or something like that but there's this notion that you can just pray every day for your partner your spouse Mm -hmm. but that's a heck of a lot of pressure yeah and a huge weight on your shoulders every day and what if they don't convert Mm-hmm. So I think what she said was um, um, that's kind of what we said at the beginning of like the purpose. You have to be free. You have to like be okay with knowing that it might not happen. You know, yeah. like you have to be okay with trusting that. Yes, you can pray for your spouse every day, mm-hmm. but um, you have to trust God too. You have to be trusting in God too that 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 might not be the way that God will be working this time around, you right. know? Right. Um, with also, and also um, continuing your personal relationship and connection um, with your faith, with your church, right. and mm. with your God, too, you know? Yes. So there's so many elements to this. Yeah. And literally, that's this is like kind of providential because I just was listening in today. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's really good. Wow, that's really yeah. good. So definitely. It's so good because like if you think about it, like if you're praying so much for somebody else's relationship with the Lord, what happens to yours? Exactly. You know? That's exactly what she said. Thank you, bro. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's so good. Wow, I need to but go check also, that out. And also like like that is the to me the single most effective way to let the beauty of the gospel mm-hmm. speak is with your life. Mm. Like if you want people to be captured by the love of Jesus, mm-hmm. then fall like freaking fall in love with Jesus mm-hmm. <laughs> and your right. life will shine and people will see it. They'll see your joy. They'll see the, they'll see your steadiness and your, your peace in the midst of suffering. And they will say like, what? Like I, I need that. Like yeah. what drug is this, this person on? <laughs> Because yeah. I need that, you know, right. and um, yeah, like that, that's, that like 
prayer will will take you far farther than you think. Yeah, I mean, we all had that conversion because of somebody, right? Exactly. There's somebody who lived that life, and um, like, oh, okay, like if they if they live this way, then and they're happy, then I must do the same. You know, like it's mm-hmm. pretty simple. I think it's innate in us. So, yeah, I'm praying for you, whoever you are, and if uh, you are struggling with something similar, like. Definitely, yeah. Prayers up, um, but uh, yeah, we're we're not the two people to tell you. <laughs> we're not the two. We're just here to give advice, and hopefully, you go to the right people who will help you discern correctly. Mm-hmm. You know, and take it to prayer, obviously, because God will be there. You know, so. Amen. Last couple. Um, what are some good advice about healing from the past wounds? Um. That's a really good one. And I think my simple answer, I was thinking about this when I first saw it, is like for past wounds, really having to face them. Um, I think just in general, like understanding that, wow, like this is something that really hurt me. And if it means that you need to like go to a person and ask, uh, like tell them you forgive them or ask, like talk to that person, whatever then maybe do so if you're able to. Um, and I was talking, reflecting on the gospel reading from a couple of weeks ago um, of the parent, you know, asking uh, how many times should I forgive my brother seven times or 77 times. Right. And Jesus says 70, you know, like in, 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 practically forever, you know, yeah. and the part of wounds and healing from them, the biggest part is forgiveness. Right. And if you're not able to, like, get that or give that, um, that wound stings. And everything that relates to that wound will sting forever until you're able to fully, like, find reconciliation in that. Um, And it's easier said than done, surely. But if you have the opportunity and the person who, or you know the thing that hurt you is able to be faced then then face it right and say hey like this hurt me years ago but i know want to let you know that it's like i just want to let you know that it hurt me um and i have been so hurt for years and years and years and i don't trust the same way that i do or whatever you know and if they're able to accept it or not, like, you're able to, like, reconcile in a way, you know? And hopefully if somebody, if you go up to somebody and you say that, they will greet you with, like, with love too. Um, but there's always the opportunity where it won't happen. So, um, you have anything to add to that? I think I have some more. I just got to think. <clears throat> yeah, playing off of forgiveness, I th- um, to me, um, forgiveness, I forget how this is said, but like forgiveness isn't about the, f- it's not about the forgiven, it's about the forgiver. Like, mm. and what I mean by that is like, people see, like, when people think forgiveness, they think weakness. Like, if I forgive Adrian for stabbing my back, like, why would you do that? Like, Adrian stabbed your back. But like, like 
Adrian, it's like, it's like Adrian's living in my head, you know, like, mm-hmm. like if I see Adrian in the hallway at high school or like, it's like my body freezes up and like, oh my gosh, there's that guy that like, I hate that guy, you know, like, mm-hmm. like all of a sudden, like there are people and things that like have control over you, yeah. you know, and that's surely not freedom, you know, right. like this person or this thing has like some sort of like hold on you and forgiveness is about saying like you don't have control over me anymore you know um like think about like think about how free and how strong jesus was on the cross Mm. you know Mm. when when he forgave all those people it's like none of you nobody none of y'all have control over me Mm -hmm. i forgive you Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um so th- again like you said easier said than done. But um the movie that I love that that explains forgiveness in the best way in like a secular way is um, the movie called Invictus. It's uh um it. Invictus is um the movie about Nelson Mandela in South Africa. It's a rugby movie. Mm. So and it talks about um apartheid and um segregation and um the, it's like a truth and reconciliation commission between the white people and the black people in that mm-hmm. country and Nelson Mandela found a way to to bring reconciliation to white That's people awesome. and black people um and it had to do with Nelson Mandela not repeating the cycle of revenge and that's what jesus does Mm. like people beat the shit out of this guy Mm -hmm. (laughs) out of jesus Mm -hmm. took everything away from him and jesus did not repeat the cycle right he did not play into the cycle of revenge right he he absorbed it Mm -hmm. and stopped it once and for Mm -hmm. all stopped all the power play and all that stuff like that and yeah. That's like a very secular way to look at it, you know, but yeah. it's still valuable for me to understand like how forgiveness can work in a practical way. Yeah. I think if you even look in modern day ways of seeing it, like in Hap, was it Bo Tom's brother, the man mm-hmm. who was shot in his living room? I don't know. Uh, so have you ever seen that? Um, I don't think the so. Star. So Bo Tom, I think is his name. I correct. Sorry if I'm wrong, but... This man, a black man, was in his apartment. A off-duty officer coming home from her shift goes into what she thought was her apartment. And it wasn't. It was his. Um, and uh, it was like she shoots him. Um, and he dies. And there was a trial. And uh, she was found guilty. Um um, I forget what and um, how many counts or whatever, but her his younger brother, the the victim's younger brother, went on there and said, "I forgive you." And uh, it was such a powerful moment um, because I believe that he got so much hate from his family for forgiving yeah. this woman. Yeah. So. Uh, the power, the power for forgiveness is huge, and I hope that the wounds, in general, help you um, and help you well. Um, so yeah.
I mean, yeah, the, like it's like, go ahead. Sorry. Now the power of forgiveness. I hope that helps you and heal from your wounds is what I meant to say. Yeah. Like without forgiveness, it's like if we're using the analogy of wounds, like without forgiveness, it's like you've got a wound and you've got like all this like junk in the wound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you just leave it alone. You don't do you don't do any of the work to like actually remove it <laughs> to allow yourself to heal properly. Mm-hmm. Like forgetting just forgetting it and keeping the hate literally inside your your heart and your body physically and spiritually is not real healing (laughs) you know it's just um putting it off because it it will come up again yeah when you see that person or when you when you get triggered somehow yeah you know like forgiveness is not forgetting you know it's just trying to start the process of real healing you know yeah so yeah it's tough that one's really tough yeah that is tough my um i just real quick story my um my spiritual director uh not my spiritual director my uh young adult leader my friend rachel bowman she writes for the water on fire and she um she leads our young adult group over in lakeland and she once like found out like like recently that she has a nail in her foot like that was healed in her foot like inside and she didn't know she had it she just started feeling like pain and swelling from her foot and then she went and finally got an x-ray like after a few days of like swelling inflammation in her foot found out there was a nail inside of her foot and she's like what the heck and they're like yeah there's no entry point there's no like it's completely healed this must have happened years ago this must have happened years ago And and like it just started to like cause her pain she must have like done something stepped something and like aggravated it so like they had to like remove it, but it's like a wound, you know, like it's a wound that like she didn't even know she had and it's been in her for years and then suddenly came back up. Yeah. Know, like that's how wounds work. Very there abnormal thing to happen, but it's huge. There you go. I'm pretty sure she has an article on it and if she does, I'll share it. Um, that's great. That's a great analogy. Yeah. All right. Last question really quick. Uh, do you, uh, this was sent in from Aurora from New Zealand. Um, most of you leave your anonymous and I don't share, but if you share your name, I'll share your name, you know. Um, do you find it difficult to spread the full truth of the love of the Catholic faith to your families? I'm asking because I, my dad is a Protestant who converted to just to marry my mom. Again, um, for me, uh, you want to take a crack at it real quick? Yeah, my answer is hell yeah. I find it <laughs> right, difficult. Right. I mean... Can we just take a look at this? Right. And then see how tiny the, the writing is in right. this catechism? And then right. can we just take a look at this Bible and see how tiny the print right. is as right. I flip through? Like, how in the world do you take the fullness of our our faith and communicate it to the people that you love? Right. You know? It'll right. always be incomplete somehow mm-hmm. and in some way. Right. And... Um, I want to invite you to, um, take a, maybe I'll just read it. There's a, there's a prayer that, um, Mm. is inspired by St. Oscar Romero. Have you heard of it? No. I mean, I know, but it's Oscar Romero. I don't know about the prayer you're saying, but if you pray. Oh, bro. Let me read it It's about the family? No, it's, um, it's called Prophets of a Future, Not Our Own. Mm. Okay. So let me read it to you and, um. 
maybe this will give you some inspiration, but yes, it's tough. So here we go. It helps now and then to take a step back and take a long view. The kingdom is not only beyond our efforts, it is beyond our vision. And we accomplish in our lifetime only a tiny fraction of the magnificent enterprise that is God's work. Nothing we do is complete, which is a way of saying that the kingdom always lies beyond us. No statement says all that could be said. No prayer fully expresses our faith. No confession brings perfection. No pastoral visit brings wholeness. No program accomplishes the church's mission. No set of goals and objectives includes everything. And this is what we are about. We plant the seeds that one day will grow. We water seeds already planted, knowing that they hold future promise. We lay foundations that will need further development. We provide yeast that produces far beyond our capabilities. Mm -hmm. We cannot do everything, and there's a sense of liberation in realizing that. And this mm -hmm. enables us to do something and to do it very well. It may be incomplete, but it is a beginning, a step along the way, an opportunity for the Lord's grace to enter and to do the rest. We may never see the end results, but that is the difference between the master builder and the worker. We are workers, not master builders. We are ministers, not messiahs. We are prophets of a future, not our own. Woo! Dang, that is so good. Yeah, so wow. good. I'm going to put it in the chat. Please do. I'll, I'll save it and put it in the description of the show. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Because yeah, far too often do I, even myself, like try to figure out how I can speak to my siblings um, the love of the Lord. And the fact of the matter is, I'm not going to be, I don't think I'm going to be the one to convert them. Right? Yeah. I can plant the seeds of my life, live the life that I do, do the things that I do as a Catholic, as a Christian, <clears throat> and hopes that this like plants a seed in their life and that they are intrigued by it in the future, you know, by exactly. somebody else. Exactly. And, and yes, at like Aurora, like I hope that's how you say your name. Um, it's been hard for so long and I, and, and it feels as though I will never get to them. <laughs> yeah. And I might not, but I don't go go home every weekend or every time I go see my family and talk faith. Like, I just talk about who I am. And my faith's in part of that, you know? And my, my church, I mean, my even my job, like, it's huge, you know? Like, the podcast is huge. My parents have caught on, and they start listening to some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, if they are listening, um, I love you all. And I hope you understand why I love the church so much. And, uh... You know, I hope that this helps you understand where I come from and why I believe what I believe. Even my siblings, if you're listening, I love you too. And I hope that you see why I want this same thing for you all, you mm -hmm. know? Amen. And uh, I think you need to just say that to your dad too, maybe sometimes. Um, but yeah, it's not easy. Definitely never going to be.
But I'm praying for you. We're praying for you. Yeah, you got some partners in crime, you know. Yeah. It's not perfect for any of us, so um, have hope. Have hope. Definitely. Definitely. Well, that was it. That's all our questions. We had a bunch of other ones that we were saving for next time, but uh, thank you all for sending them in. Yes. We, Keep sending questions in. Keep doing it. Um, you can do it voice memos. We want to really use the, utilize the voice memos. Uh, so keep on sending those in if you have a chance. The link's in my bio uh, for Living Ardently. Um, it's just really great to hear your voices um, in the in, in the actual episode. You know? um, we'll be back next week again with another episode. Hopefully we'll see. I mean, life's been crazy, like I said. So uh, you'll see a new scenery than you normally do oh, if you cool. watch the uh, uh, watch the podcast. I, I know I've been really bad about uploading videos. Hopefully by this point, all the videos will be have would have been uploaded from the past uh, episodes. Um, make sure you follow Jarrell from the Living Person. Uh, you can follow him at the that Living that Person. Uh, links in the description. You can follow our accounts Living Ardently. But personally, it's only Adrian. Um, Make sure you like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe if you're following us on wherever you're listening to on podcasts. Make sure you leave us a review if you're on our Apple. Helps us a lot. Get some more traction. And um, pray for me and everything. Pray for Jarrell. Uh, we definitely need the prayers. And we're praying for you. Yeah, we do. We always Great, pray y'all. for y'all. God bless y'all. Take care. And until next time, keep living ardently. What just happened? I just <laughs> lost audio. <laughs> Did you lose it? That's amazing. I don't hear anything. <laughs> but I trust that he said just uh, keep living ardently. So, peace. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Let's go. Here, bro.